Hebrews chapter 12 is probably one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. As you guys are turning there, um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jesus. Amen. Let's give a shout out to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus and also um, we have a brand new uh, youth leader in the house. I mean, you, she's always been a youth leader for you, but she's officially uh, her high school, her church's high school youth leader. I don't know if they call her pastor yet, but give it up for Auntie Taylor Hapney. Woo! No, it's definitely, uh, it's about time. That's all I have to say. God has uh, gifted Taylor with um, an anointing of, of leadership, yeah? Uh, what's a good sign? Like, how do you know somebody's a leader? Big, no, the number, yeah, the number one, the number one, uh, I think, characteristic or definition of somebody being a leader is that people follow them, Okay? is that people follow them. And if there's one thing that uh, I've known uh, is that Taylor definitely has the anointing um, of a shepherd, which is pretty awesome, uh, not because she wants it, but because God has given her that, uh, simply because young people follow her. And praise God that she loves Jesus, amen? amen. So as young people are following her, yeah, and she's following Jesus. Ultimately, the goal is for all those young people to follow Jesus. Amen? And that's what we're doing here. That's what we do on Monday nights, yeah? We come over here, and uh, it's not just about our friends. Um, it's not only about, like, singing and braiding hair, which actually looks pretty awesome right now. But you guys can continue. Just keep on going. Um, but we want all of our attention and all of our focus to be on... Jesus, yeah? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 is, is probably one of my favorite verses in, in all the Bible, yeah? It's one of those uh, that you would want to memorize. It starts off by saying, Therefore, since I'm surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and what it's talking about is, in chapter 11, is like the hall of faith, you know, like there's like the hall of fame in the world, um, today they just were choosing the um, like rookie of the year and player of the year for the National Major League Baseball or Major League Major League Baseball National yeah National League and American League yeah for the the Major League Baseball um, sport. <laughs> anyway, chapter eleven in Hebrews is this hall of faith, those who from the beginning chose to trust their lives uh, and make choices upon that decision, upon this unseen God, yeah? trusting the invisible things. And their names and their, the stories of their lives are still recorded now that, that the one thing that has set them apart from all the rest of their generation is the fact that they trusted in God. Like you think about the story of Abraham. Abraham was righteous. Why? Because of his faith in God. Like righteousness is, is right living. 
So he had a correct living, not so much because he did things rightly, but because simply he trusted in the Lord. As the Lord led, he followed. The Lord said, do this, and he did it. I mean, back in those times, uh, one of the, the, the main, uh, like now, nowadays, if you are uh, got a good job and a good paying job and you're high on the, the ladder in your job, you're, you're, you're looked at like differently in, in, in your company's eyes, you know? And there's a lot of different things. So like the local boy, right? So the status quo, like you're cool if you have like the lifted Yodi and the girlfriend and the, the crazy like tattoo on the shoulder, you know? Yeah, the, the pit bull. You got to have the pit bull, bro. You got to have like on Chihuahua. That doesn't work, bro. Okay? In, in those times, you, you were uh, of higher stature with your kids. Like if you, had, uh, was a, if you were able to, to reproduce and uh, Abraham and, and his wife, like they, they couldn't, you know? And then God came and visited Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he's like, hold up, father, uh, let's just start all over again because I have no son now, you know? And I think at the time, Abraham was like 100 years old. I mean, it was a little bit different then, and people lived a lot older, but still yet, it was a challenge, you know? Um, and God said, you know, leave your family, leave all that you know, and I will make you the father of many nations. And Abraham was like the first. So, like for us, we think of like Duke Kahanamoku, right? Like the pioneer surfer, like it began, you know? You think about early names, Duke is in there. You know, you think about like... Um, you know, Kamehameha, you know, like is, is a renowned name in, in Hawaii, and that's like definitive. So, so when the nation of Israel, when they talk about Abraham, he's that type of figure, you know. He's like the, the Michael Jordan, you know. You think of basketball, boom, what is like the first couple names that come up, you know. Abraham is, is that name. Like when they think about like ballers in their faith, all the nation of Israel set Abraham separate from so many others. And Abraham was thought of that way. Why? The number one reason is because he had faith in Jesus. Or in then was God, yeah? But as he followed the Lord and his voice, it gives us like this image of how we are supposed to live right now. That for us to have right living, it's not just about doing everything right or wrong. But for us to have right standing before God, we got to have this, this trust, this trust in him. And I love chapter 11, yeah, verse, verse 1. It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we, we don't see. You know, you think about faith. Faith is what? Trusting in something unseen, right? Like it's like a hope. Like I'm not hoping that you're going to be here tonight. Why? Because all of you are here. Like, we don't hope in things that we have. We hope in things that we don't have. And faith is being sure of what we hope for. So even faith is like a question mark, right? Like, it's like a big question mark of our Christianity. Like, faith, trusting in God. Are we going to trust in God? Is God going to be who Scripture says He is going to be? It's like a big question mark. And yet, the, the writer in Hebrews says that faith is being sure of the thing that you don't see. Which, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't, like we're sure of things that we see, not things of, that we don't see. 
But the writer is saying that the thing that sets us apart is that we have faith in the things that we don't see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain. That word certain is almost like concrete. Faith is being, yeah, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Like even though we don't see God, he is more cemented and foundational in my life than the very things that I do see. Are you following? And so the beginning of chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud, like we're surrounded by others who have gone before us, and they're cheering us on from heaven. They're cheering us on. Like, think about your life. Like, who are the people that you know, for the most, I mean, you're like, as, as much as possible for people to make it, like, and have lived the life, like, who do you know who are in heaven right now? Uh, Pastor Ayo and I uh, went to this hymn conference a couple years ago and, and sat in, um, what is the guy? The heaven, 90 seconds. Piper, John, John Piper. John? Anyway, Pastor Piper. Yeah, anyway. So he, his story was, uh, uh, he spent 90 seconds in heaven. Minutes. 90 minutes? 90 minutes. 90 minutes in heaven. Um, and, and for me, I don't know, I mean, maybe he did, maybe he never. But I remember one image that he shared about, about was, that was probably the coolest thing was that when he, when he got towards the heavenly gates, there were people there greeting those that were coming. And it was like family members. See, because in heaven, there was no time. And so it's like, Keone got there, and then like, he was waiting for me because he knew I was coming already. But there was no time, you know? And so there were people greeting one another like... And so, so in my mind, I think like who are the people that I know who are in heaven, or at least as far as I, I think like they should be in heaven, you know, that would be greeting me. And that's what the writer in Hebrews is saying, that we have a great cloud of witnesses, other people who have gone before us, and they're cheering us on. In my mind, I think about my, my grandpa, yeah, my mom's mom. Like, I remember when I was younger, I used to see him sitting on stage, like he was one of the deacons. And how do I know he was a solid man of faith? I mean, not only did he uh, mimic it, but when he left, everything around him fell apart. Like, all my aunties and uncles were just like, like, off on the, you know, it seemed like my grandpa was one of those guys that kept it together. I think about this guy, Jonathan Davis, who, um, he was the same age, a little bit older than, than Josh, same age with Kyaka, and, and he came. I mean, if he was here tonight, he would have been playing bass for us. He was a faithful guy who came to the Lord through his high school years, and um, the, the one thing that set him apart was that he was faithful. He wasn't a crazy musician, but he was faithful, and God gave me vision to see his faithfulness, and so I taught him how to play the bass. I said, you're faithful, you're committed, you come all the time, let me teach you how to do this. You come all the time, you're going to get better. Boom. He used to play worship with us. Probably one of the most unmusically, musically sounded guys that God used in ministry. I mean, most of the other people who have come through, um, like praise and worship through the youth program, kind of have this music talent. Like he didn't have much music talent. He had beat and rhythm. He couldn't sing, you know. He was... Uh, a uh, super white kid with red hair. They used to call him Red, you know? At the age of 22, 
he, he used to live in Kahului. Uh, he was driving to Costco on his way to work. Um, he used to have uh, ride one of those street bikes. This lady pulled out in front of him in the morning traffic, hit the back of her car, dead on the spot. Sometimes uh, if you come on Sundays, like I'm playing bass, there's like this super red bass, and uh, the mom called me up after all of the funeral and stuff, said, hey, I think Jonathan would want you to have it, you know? I remember opening up the bass and looking at the bass and still had his fingerprints on top. But I think about Jonathan. He's one of the cloud of witnesses, you know? I am guarantee he's cheering me on. My grandpa cheering me on. My freshman year in college, um, I graduated. It's, after I graduated from school, I spent one year at home, and uh, and it was a great year. Uh, I, I took a couple college classes. Uh, not that I had anything in mind. I just took the funnest classes that I could see. So I I got my um, scuba diving uh, certificate. Right, that's good education right there. Um, and I remember, I remember getting my certificate, and we went to like 50 feet, and I'm telling the instructor, like, wow, let's go deeper. I could do this even without the tank. Um, anyway, side, side tangent. I took that and a marine identification class, like super fun classes. Um, I worked a little bit, but we just, I just served the Lord. Like I took a year off, and we served the Lord, and we helped out with youth group and camps. And um, one of the guys who came to the Lord that year was this guy, Hanale Silva, local boy, Kanak. Kanaka, Kanaka, like, um, he, he wrote me uh, a couple of handwritten letters when I went to college, and it was hilarious, bruh. I still have those letters, and it, not, I mean, like, I speak pidgin, but I don't write pidgin, you know? <laughs> like, like, Hawaiian, like, spoke pidgin, and he wrote pidgin, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is bad. Um, Passionate, man. Passionate in everything that, that he did prior to coming to the Lord. And when he came to the Lord, all out for Jesus. One of the images I have in my mind was uh, he was a great diver. I mean, <clears throat> just a great diver. And I remember uh, he had a lot of family in Hana. Um, I, I still have gone out to his dad's property for many years. And uh, so he's like, why, let's go dive hard. And I was like, you know, just graduated high school. And I'm like, yes. And I mean, you know, back then, I didn't shoot my first ulua. I didn't see one ulua at the time, you know. And, and Hana was like that, like, frontier, that pioneer that was like uncharted waters, you know. Like I would always get butterflies just driving to Hana. And I remember driving into Hana at night, and, and we were praying. Um, uh, we, were, we were playing this worship CD. It was one of the first Hillsong CDs that came out. Um, and, and, and the song that he liked the most was, uh, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I can still remember, like, driving through Hana at night and worshiping. I'm like, this is action, you know? Like, this is a great trip already, and we never shoot any fish. Um, when he came to the Lord, I mean, he was passionate, crazy, musically talented, piano he could sing he could play ukulele bass i mean really i was like like i almost didn't want to leave and go to college because he was here some other guys were here and god was really doing some solid things on maui like at the church that we were we were at but anyway i felt god was leading so me and a handful of my friends we went to san diego 
and uh, we went to college um, that September. So we went to college like August. That September was a holiday, Labor Day, yeah? That Labor Day, they had a, a camping trip planned for Labor Day weekend. So Saturday night, he camped over at this, uh, at Honopo. We all been to Honopo before? Um, the ponds, not just the ponds, but out in the point. So he was camping out there with some friends, and uh, Sunday morning he woke up and he was going to go catch more fish for the camping trip that the church was taking Sunday night to Monday. But early in the morning, guys are over it. Guys are like, I'm not going to go with you. And so he went, as he normally did. Uh, he would dive by himself all the time in haiku. He would hike to places where he knew nobody else went, and he would hike down, dive, leave his dive gear on the rock, and just carry his fish up because he knew next time he would come down, all his dive gear would be there. Uh, anyway, that morning he swam out and they noticed that his floater hadn't moved for a long time and they didn't see coming out and he had gotten stuck in a cave. 55 feet down. Stuck in a cave. Dead. And I think about Hanale. He's one of the cloud of witnesses. The writer of Hebrews says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud, not only the biblical ones, the ones that we know, you know, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. When I think about a race, you know, we're not, we're not trying to run with extra gear. I mean, I don't run a whole lot, and I actually like running more now than I did when I was in high school. When I was in high school, you couldn't find me near the track. I mean, I actually did track for, for four years, but um, I was like the smallest uh, discus and shot put thrower out there. But I was like, I don't want to run, but I want to do track. I want to do something, you know? Um, that's right. When we did the Waitman Relay, I should take guys out. Bruh. But then we would get in, in the ring, and, you know, these 300-pound Tongan guys would own me. Um, Anyways, why am I talking about track? Um, when we're thinking about, you know, races that we run, you know, I used to think, like, you have these, like, the most macho guys ever in, like, the skinniest, tightest things. I've, I'm like, you know? Like, even when we think about races, like, macho-ness and pride just go out the door because the guys are, like, more prideful about winning than what they look like. I remember seeing these, like, huge muscle guys with, like, wrestling uniforms, you know, and I'm like, nah, I'm good, you know. But the writer in Hebrews is saying, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, like other people who have gone before us, and, it, and we almost can hear their voice from heaven saying, hey, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. The God that you pray for, he's real. The heaven, it's real. The streets of gold, it's real. Stay the faith. Run your race with perseverance. You know, all the sins that you do, throw them off. They're not even worth it. In comparison of glory and what is ahead of us, throw off your sin. The things that so easily entangle you, throw those things off because it's worth everything. Glory that is ahead of us. The things that are unseen, believe it. The things that Scripture talks about, believe it. The things that Jesus taught about because really he's the only one who came from heaven and so he taught about heaven. The things that he taught about heaven, it's real. It's more real than the things that you see. 
Because scripture says that all the things that we see are all going to be shaken up. So that the things that remain, the things that remain will be eternal. I mean, that's like a constant prayer for me. God, if there's anything in my life that isn't of you, take it away now. Expose it now. Show me, God. See, because we're all going to stand before God in heaven, right? Each one of us individually, one by one, not as pastor, not as youth, as a person. As a person. And we're all going to have to give an account on that day for everything that we've said, all the things that we've done. All of that is real. That's more real than now. And, and one of my constant prayers, and this, this actually might be a good prayer for us, is God, reveal to me today so that on that day, I'm not like shocked, you know? Like all the hidden things, God, reveal those things now. Help me handle those things now. I don't want any hidden secrets, God, before you now. So that on that day when I stand before you, God, in glory, you're going to know everything and I'm going to know that you know everything and I'm not trying to hide anything, God. Work on me now. And the writer in Hebrews says, since we're surrounded by so many others, let's throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. And I love the next piece in that. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And that word fix is like somebody who's looking through like binoculars. Somebody who's looking through a telescope, like they're, they're paused, they're founded, they're not moving around and running, like they're stopped and paused and focused so that they can see, yeah, God in his glory. The writer in Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? Who has Bibles? Go. What does the rest of that verse say? Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and run with perseverance, the race marked before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is what? Who is the author and perfecter of our faith? Amen? What is the one thing that God is the author and perfecter of? Not how you look, not your future, none of that. Because none of that really matters. The one thing that God is committed to, the one thing that Jesus is committed to is revealing himself to you. I was listening to this sermon because I'm, you should come on Sunday. Shaka, I'm preaching this weekend, Sunday or Friday. Um, I'm preaching on Hebrews chapter 12, I mean chapter 11. And I was listening to this sermon um, and the, the pastor said, we become believers in Jesus not through explanation, but through revelation. Like I cannot prove to you God exists and that he loves you and he cares for you. But God through his infinite wisdom has a way of communicating to you that he loves you, he's real, he cares for you. You know? Like it's way beyond like our intellect. I mean if it was only through intellect that we came to know God, I, I probably wouldn't make it, you know? Like I'm not the smartest guy out there. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Praise God that we don't become believers through intellect. Right, Mark? Mark's like, yeah, amen for that. I need some. 
Depends on grace, baby. It's not through explanation that we become believers, but it's through revelation. What does that mean? That means God has to reveal himself to you. But even when God reveals himself to you, God's revelation in your life still needs to be accompanied with faith. What is a great example of that? So the nation of Israel, right? So pre them leaving Egypt, they saw these plagues, yeah? Like, like nothing they've ever seen before, like locusts, frogs, disease, yeah? The water turned to blood, like, and, the, and the, the last plague, right? All the firstborn children all die. Like, that's heavy, okay? That at least gets them out the door. So they get out the door, they meet what? The Red Sea. And then Pharaoh and his warriors are coming, you know? And you have the nation of Israel who are slaves about to battle Egypt. And they're warriors. You have warriors and you have slaves. Like, who's going to win? Yeah, the warriors are going to demolish them. Like, the nation of Israel has no chance. Behind them, they have an army. Before them, they have an ocean. Before they cross the Red Sea, because we all know the story, right? They cross the Red Sea on dry ground, like the water splits and they walk. That's a miracle, okay? Like, that's crazy. Before that happens, it says that the Lord was protecting them by fillers, fillers, pillars of fire, Some of you guys are like, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too much time in the Philippines, man. <laughs> the Philippines, pirate by night. You guys should have came, bro. Jason and I spoke this, like, dialect that the Philippines have never heard before. Um, it was, like, slash broken English pigeon Filipino at the highest pitch that we could hit. Jason was, he's, he's classic. Anyway, the pillars of fire by night. Um, so God protected. Before they went through the, the Red Sea, there was like a tornado of fire, yeah, and clouds like that would stop the Egyptians from uh, going and killing, you know, Egyptian warriors, you know, and the slave Egyptians, the slave Israelites. You guys are like, yeah, it's the same people. Um, but God protected them. Okay, so anyway, they go through the Red Sea, right? The water closes. All the Egyptians die. The warriors die. Yeah? Wouldn't you think that the nation of Israel would all be 100% committed to the God who controls the water, fire, and the wind? Raise of hands. How many in here would follow God if you saw Kahului Harbor split and you could walk across it? Or are you standing at Lahaina and you can walk to Lanai? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. And then people are chasing you and there's like fire tornadoes coming from heaven barricading you between them. Anybody? Believer? Keep those hands up. Believers? Exactly, right? Makes total sense. The truth is, 
They come out of the water dry. And there's huge portions of the nation of Israel who still choose to disobey God. They choose to live as if God didn't exist. I I love the the beginning of Hebrews, like you read like chapter 3, 4. It says, these people weren't able to enter God's rest. God's rest is like the, the promised land, yeah? They weren't able to enter the promised land because of disobedience. Because the things that God did wasn't accompanied with faith. They walked through the Red Sea. These people saw the tornadoes of fire and the clouds and the plagues. Like they saw God hand deliver them from the Egyptians. How many of us us have seen God's miracle in our lives? Or maybe it was just coincidence. These people saw things that the, the world had never seen up until that point. And, and nobody will see ever again, probably. And yet, after they went through all these miracles, they still chose to live as if God did not exist. Because the work of God in their lives wasn't accompanied by faith. See, at the bottom line, even if we come to the Lord not by explanation, but by revelation. When God reveals himself to you, we still have to respond. I mean, it's it's like a a, a boy trying to get a girl's attention, you know? Like he could send her cards and flowers and, you know, just walk in front of her unintentionally at school, like just happen to sit in front of her at the cafeteria. I don't know, like show up and just happen to sit behind her at the football game, you know, like... A guy can do like as much as he can to get her attention, but really like if she doesn't put like the pieces in place, like there's never going to be a relationship, you know? Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I guess like, yeah? Yeah. God is like, I mean, why is it important for us to believe? Like, what do we believe? Like, what is the fundamental belief in Christianity? That God is who Scripture says he is. That God is holy, number one. Yeah? And, and, and so if you think about God, what is a God supposed to be? Perfect, right? Sinless. What else? Holy. What else? Sovereign, yeah? Like, he says it and it happens. Like, nobody else tells him what to do. I mean, if he's God, he's what? All-knowing? He can be in all places at all times? Like, we, we believe that, like that, and that's fundamental in our, in our Christianity. God of Scripture is who he says he is. And all he tells us to do is, is trust. Live your life like I am real. Don't live your life like I'm not real because there's going to come a time when you stand before me in heaven and you're going to know that all that had been written for me, by me, all of that is real. 
So it's good for us to live, right? As if Jesus really is the Son of God. It's good for us to live as if Jesus really did go to the cross and the blood that was shed there really does cover us of our sins so that when we stand before God in glory, God no longer sees our sin, but he sees what? Yeah, the blood of his son, the perfect blood of his son on us. It's not our goodness that gets us to heaven. It's our faith in Jesus that gets us to heaven. Nothing more, nothing less. So because we have others before us, yeah? Scripture says, let us live as if God is real. So throw off all the things that hinder us, the sin, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And after that, he sat down at the right hand of Jesus. Awesome passage, huh? That's a good one for us to memorize. Okay, let's skip down to uh, verse... 12, and I want to end right here. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore, so therefore meaning the great call of witnesses, throwing off your sin that so easily entangles us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of God. So therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up because of trouble and by it uh, become defiled. See to it that no one is sexually immoral. See to it that no one is unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. That's a great passage right there. So Esau, uh, Esau and brother uh, Jacob, yeah? So uh, Esau was the hunter, Jacob was the mama's boy. Okay, so Esau's out hunting. He doesn't catch anything. He comes back. He's starving, but Esau's the older son, okay, which means he gets all the blessing and the birthright from the father. Like all that is the father's is going to go to Esau's. So Esau goes home, and he's starving, and he's like, Jacob, mama's boy, is cooking. So he's like, Jacob, give me food. I am dying. Well, you weren't dying, but that's what he says. I'm dying, and Jacob's like, okay, sell me your birthright first. And Esau goes, I'm dying. What good is my birthright? I hate you. So he gives his birthright over to Jacob, the younger brother, and eats. And scripture says, don't be like Esau, who gave up his God-right blessing to satisfy the desire of his flesh. How many of us are selling out? God has an anointing on us. God has a blessing on us. And we're selling out for things of this world. Right? Ladies, God has somebody in mind as far as like a spouse. And we're selling out for losers. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When you're 15, I was 15 and a boy. I didn't have no idea what was going on. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I mean, I'm telling you. Okay, yeah. How old am I? 30? Yes. You know? Right? 
Like it's tough. We're, we're selling out for the now when God has the eternal for us. I mean, ultimately, that's what the analogy is. God has heaven for us, but we would rather have earth. God has a future and promise for us, but we want our future and promise now. God, we don't want to wait. We want it now. I mean, it's like the prodigal son. The prodigal son went, you know what was the backstabber of all backstabbers? The prodigal son goes to the father. Anybody know the story? Yeah? The prodigal son goes to the father and says, Father, I want my inheritance now. Pretty much saying, like, when do you get inheritance? Yeah. Father, I, I wish you were dead. Beat it already so I can have my inheritance now. I don't want it later. I want it now. Let's not be like these stories that we read in Scripture of Esau who sold his birthright to get now what was promised later. Or like the prodigal son who wanted now what was promised later. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus now. Hold on to Jesus now and watch his promises come in his timing, in his way. I'm telling you, keep Jesus first. I couldn't have planned my life better if I tried to. Like I think about my life now and it is, I mean, I, it's not even funny. Like, like I almost cringe thinking what my life would be like without Jesus. Trust in him now. Give your life over to him now. Can we get a head start? So coming in like just a handful of weeks from now, what are we going to be talking about in January? Or even the end of December after Christmas? New Year's resolutions. Can we get a head start on that now? Like why wait till 2016 before we renew our commitment in Jesus? Right? Why wait till 2016 before we're like, oh, I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to read every day and I'm going to start going to church every day. Let's start that now. We started off the school year with a great momentum, I feel. Like we started with prayers. There's prayer groups at Kamehameha and, 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 and there's faithful prayer at Kekaulike and, and God was doing some, some there was some, some momentum because you guys had committed to the Lord at the beginning of the year in August. Like I'm going to set myself apart for the Lord that God is going to use me. And, and in the time, we, we just lose sight of things, you know? We get busy, uh, school and sports and friends. And Can we renew our focus on the Lord now and, and not wait? for the brand new year before we say, God, I want to give you my life. You know, let's say it now. Let's finish off this year more committed than we've ever been, more sold out with Jesus than we've ever been, more loving towards other people than we've ever been, telling more people about Jesus than we've ever told people ever before. Amen? I mean, that's what the writer is saying. Since all of this is real, God is real, there's other people that have already left this world that are waiting for us, since it's all real, he says, let's throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Let us strive, yeah? What is his exact words? He says, let us lift our drooping hands and strengthen our weak knees and, and make straight paths. That's like the, the, 
the message of John the Baptist, like Jesus is coming, Jesus is here, Jesus is knocking at the door. Hey, get things right. Be one-dimensional in your life. It's all about Jesus and nothing else. That's like the message of John the Baptist. Hey, the Savior is here. Repent, turn from your wicked ways, and follow the Lord. Now is the time of salvation. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Today is the day of salvation. So I know what, I know what that means to you. Maybe it's, it's fasting an app and spending more time with the Lord. Maybe it's spending less time watching TV and spending more time with the Lord. But can we strive together? Amen? Let's strive together. And, and one in particular that I just want to address, and maybe we can commit to this. Let's continue to meet all the time. Young people, it breaks my heart that you guys don't go to church on Sundays. Some of you guys are faithful to Mondays. You guys are faithful to other Bible studies that we go. And some of you guys don't come to church on Sundays. Make every effort to find yourself amongst believers. Why? Because there's a whole generation, not in heaven, here on earth, that can strengthen our faith. Like there's guys that I look up to, you know? Like there's a great body of believers around us, and it's good for us to be in the house of the Lord. I wouldn't be here. Ka'eo wouldn't be here. Keone wouldn't be here, yeah? Blair, Summer, you think about all the leaders None of them would be here if it wasn't for the local body. You cannot say you love Jesus and be a solo believer. There's so many right now, so many of my friends grew up in the local body and they love Jesus and they're Christians, but they aren't surrounded with fellowship. I don't think that's biblical. Like there's so many commands that we read in scripture says do unto one another. Like how do we do that unto one another if there's no one another, you know? Love one another with brotherly love and kindness and affection. Continue to meet together. Like, how are you going to do that if you're not meeting together? It's good for us to worship, not just here on the Mondays, but with a larger church. And if you're doing it, hey, shaka to you. Find out, like, maybe some of us get bored, yeah? Okay? If you get bored, serve. Go to church and do something. Yeah? Come here. I'll put you to work. You know? Like there's PowerPoint, there's, there's sound guys, there's setup, there's, there's all kinds of things you can do. Work with the kids. There's all kinds of things you can do. It's actually way funner. Like when I was young and coming through the Lord, like it actually was way more enjoyable for me to do things because I just sort of get antsy, you know? I'm saying, I want to do something. We can greet, you can do coffee, like, you know? Like Nunu knows how to run the whole coffee machine. One Monday, Nunu, set that thing up and make us coffee. Yeah? Coffee, lattes, hot chocolate, drinks. Okay? I'll, I'll talk to the owner around. We'll just get all that stuff comped. Okay? Right? There's things that we can do, man. I'm telling you this. I'll tell you this much. And, and I'm sure Pastor Ka'eo will agree with me that I want to pass on all that I know. I want to sit down here and watch you guys do this. That's way more fun than me doing it. I want to sit down and listen to you guys preach. That's action. Because I know you're sitting down and you're studying. God's speaking to you and you're able to communicate that on the behalf of other people. Right? Every one of you. 
I want to see you guys do that. I want to listen to you guys going on, on trips and mission trips and telling of how God moved and you guys saw the miraculous. But it just starts by just being faithful, living as if God is real. I mean, if God was really real, how, how would your life change right now? Would your life change? What would be removed? What would you spend more time doing? Maybe you're already a, a person who helps a lot, and you know that, that that's how you can love God, by helping others. If you know that God was real, and he was like, yeah, keep on going, you would probably do it more. See, Christianity is not just about not doing stuff. Like, that's lame. Praise God that Christianity can be about doing things. Amen? That it's fun to serve the Lord. Let's do it more. As the day of the Lord approaches, let's do it more. Yeah? A lot of you guys love the Lord. I don't think anybody in here is young in their faith. But I think there's a lot of us unskilled in our faith in here. We all know that God is real. What does that look like? How does that reveal itself in our lives? God is good, amen? Yeah? Let's live as if he's good. Let's live as if he's caring. Let's live as if he hears our prayers. Let's trust in him like we know he knows all the days that are planned before us. That God knows our future. Let's trust in him. Why? Because he's a good God who has good plans for us. Amen? Like he's not hard-hearted. He's open-hearted to us. He cares for you. He cares for us. Trust in the God who's caring. He's not judgmental and holding the rule over us and saying, you naughty, naughty, naughty. How do I know that? He sent Jesus to cover that sin so he doesn't have to hold the rule over us. But that very Jesus who was forgiving then will not be the forgiving Jesus later. He's forgiving now, but he's not going to be forgiving later. When we stand before him on the final day, there's going to be one thing that's going to be on trial. The one thing that's going to be on trial is faith. Did we trust in him and live as if God was real or didn't we? See, all of us have heard the messages. Many of us have been to camps. Many of us have seen God do cool things. But the question is, are those things accompanied with faith? Like, do you come out of those things thinking, man, God is real you know like i can't see him but man what i just saw right there is evidence of this invisible god and i'm gonna trust my life to that it's good man it's a good year it's a good way to end this year just more devoted to the lord and not that you guys aren't but maybe we just gotta like you know Just step up our game a little bit. You know, maybe along this race, we started picking up some things. Just start getting rid of some of those things. And just doing the things that God has given to us. So maybe you love God, you know, by helping others. Continue to help others, you know. Start, start coming on the weekends, man. Get your parents out the door. 
Mom, we're going to church tomorrow. What? Okay, sounds good. Boom. Let's go. Amen.